Well, good morning, Northside family. My name is Jacob. It's good to be with you all this weekend as we finish our series, as the video said, um, Saints and Struggles. And if you don't know, we're talking about suffering today. And I find it pretty, pretty fitting that we're talking about suffering on Memorial Day weekend, which is a holiday that is just simply built upon suffering. It's built upon remembering those um, who have been lost. And so I'm excited to dive into this topic. Um, and, and as I was doing a lot of the research for this, I kind of found out something about suffering that maybe you already know, um, maybe you don't, but at least in my life, I want to avoid suffering as much as humanly possible. And maybe you're like me, maybe you're someone, um, I don't know anyone who's like this, but maybe you're someone who wakes up in the morning and you're like, you know what I want to do today? Suffer, right? Like, Oh, I feel so good. Like, I don't know of anyone who wakes up and thinks, I want to suffer. Maybe if you're one of those people who likes to run for fun, maybe that's you. Like, I went on a run last week for the first time in a long time, and I got back, and everything hurts. Like, my back hurt. You don't even use your back to run. Well, maybe you do. Some of you guys are like, Jacob, you're running completely wrong. Regardless, like, I don't want to suffer. I want to avoid suffering in my life as much as humanly possible. Um, th- recently, I got some good news. Um, me and my wife found out we're having a baby. And so that's, ba- oh, yeah, so come on. And it's a girl, I'm gonna be a girl dad, so I'm excited about that. Less clapping, interesting. (laughs) Very interesting, how about that? Um, But as soon as that happened, I was like super excited at first, you know, and like I cried and stuff. And then I was like, oh my gosh, there are opportunities for suffering everywhere. Like immediately I was like, oh, like, like you're having a baby girl. And I was like, what if she brings home a jerk guy one day, right? Like got to get a dog, big dog, got to get like a big, huge dog. Like what if she wants to like go to college? She should, she should want to go to college. Like, what, like how are we going to pay for that? I like, got to get her early on golf. Golf scholarships are good. That's what we need to do. Like what if um, she gets married one day? I have to pay for that. In fact, some of our best friends are having a baby at the same time and it's a boy. And we made a deal before we knew any genders. I said, listen, listen, if our kids get married, we're splitting the wedding. And guess what? We're having the girl. So let's go, right? Like avoiding suffering in its highest form. We want to avoid suffering in our lives. If you're like me, you take back roads so that you don't have to sit in traffic. Even if that back road is going to be a longer journey time-wise and mileage-wise, you're like, I don't want to sit in traffic because that is suffering. Um, if someone calls and we see the name on the phone, and we don't wanna to talk to that person on the phone, what do we do? We don't answer the phone and say, I'm gonna suffer through this conversation. We just kinda of like, the word is ghost them, all right? We just kinda of say like, um, no, right? Like, I'm not going to answer that. Or sometimes we'll be walking in a store and we'll see someone up ahead of us and we know them and we know if we talk to them, we're gonna be there for like the next 15 minutes. And so we're like, you know what? I don't need oranges today. I'm just gonna go right over here to this other section. We want to avoid suffering. And, and there are some funny things that we do, but for some of us in this room, um, when we avoid suffering, it's not funny. And the way that we avoid suffering is, is, is we go into some like crazy destructive behaviors. And sometimes we, we, we take something or, or we smoke something or we drink something because all we wanna do is just numb the pain. We wanna numb the suffering. And if I can't feel, then I can't suffer. Some of us, the way that we, we numb is we just get on our phones and we just scroll and scroll because in here it's not reality, it's fake. And so we can just keep going through here. We're not going to feel the real world. Some of us get on Netflix and just watch episode after episode, so many episodes that Netflix is like, are you okay, man? Like what's, what's going on right now? We, but we numb ourselves because we want to avoid suffering. But you need to know this, 
That's not the gospel. Like a big truth of life is we want to avoid suffering, but a bigger truth of the gospel is that we will suffer. John 16, 33. This is the words of Jesus. Check this out. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have what? Trouble. You will have trouble. That word trouble is another word for tribulation or suffering. What's really interesting is when Jesus says this, he's walking through a vineyard with his disciples. In that word, trouble, the, the metaphor, the word picture attached to it um, is when grapes are taken and they're made into wine. They're actually crushed, they're pressed into wine. And so he says, hey, you're gonna, you're gonna have almost the same experience as this grape. You're gonna get crushed. You ever feel like that? You ever feel crushed in your life? Something happens and you wake up and emotionally it just feels like someone has put a weight on you and you don't know how to get out of it. You ever feel completely pressed or that you're carrying a burden? Like you feel like every single moment of what you're going through, you're just like, life is heavy and I wish it would go away and I can't get it to go away. Do you ever feel like you're entrapped? Like you can't get out of what's happening? In this world, you will have trouble, you will have suffering, you will feel pressed. And maybe you're in here today and you're like, um, Mr. Speaker, sir, this isn't like what I want you to talk about. <laughs> like when it comes to suffering, I thought you were gonna kind of open up the Bible and find that secret sauce first that says, if you just do this, this, and this, then you'll have no suffering. Um, it's not in there. Maybe you're not a follower of Jesus in here today and you're like, should I? go? Like, should I, get my, should I leave right now? Because I'm only here because my life is a suffering mess. And I thought if I came to church, then when I walked out, like I'd be skipping through a field of daisies with an acoustic guitar. Like I thought that's what church is, is I get Jesus and all of a sudden life, um, it just gets completely easier. Um, that's not in there. But here's the good news. Jesus doesn't stop his sentence. He doesn't stop that phrase that just you're going to have trouble. He goes on and he finishes and he says this. I've told you these things so that you and me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So here's the deal today. Here's what we need to do. Um, the question that we can't ask today is how do I avoid suffering in my life? We just can't do that. I don't think it's any secret um, that the past, man, 15 days maybe, I've just been full of suffering. Take like the United States out of it. In my own life recently, I have just heard stories. I've talked with some of you in the lobby. I've gotten texts and life is just full and full of suffering. And if I just said, texted back to someone who's suffering, said like, well, did you try avoiding it? <laughs> Did you try again? That's not gonna help anyone. So that can't be the question we ask today. The question we have to ask today is how in the middle of our suffering do we deal with it? How do we own it? In fact, the real thing that we're gonna get into is this. How do we own our suffering so that our suffering doesn't own us? How do we take control? How do we in the middle of it say, okay, I'm not gonna let this define me. I'm not gonna let this shape me for the worse. I'm gonna own my suffering so that it doesn't own me because that is a question that helps our lives get better. Avoiding suffering, maybe we can try to do it, but the gospel is pretty clear. And, and while you are on earth, until you get to heaven and Jesus wipes away every tear, you're gonna suffer. So we have to own our suffering so our suffering doesn't own us. And to do that today, um, we're gonna take a look at a story in the Bible of a man named Joseph. 
And um, this isn't Joseph as in Jesus' father. This is Joseph who is in the Old Testament between Genesis chapters 37 and 50. Um, And he has this incredible story where he talks about suffering and he kind of lives through it. And if you don't know the story, here's the Cliff Notes version. He is the 11th son of this man named Jacob. And as soon as Joseph is born, um, Jacob loves Joseph just more than his other brothers. Now, I don't know if you have siblings, but a good way to make sure that you and your brothers don't get along is to have like, the father love you more. Am I right? Like that's never gonna be like, hey, how's it going? To Dad loves me more. Are you doing good? Okay, that's just not gonna go well in like the brother meeting, okay? And so that, things are already, are already going poorly. And then all of a sudden, Joseph starts getting these prophetic dreams. And he has this dream that eventually all of his family is gonna bow down to him. And you add that on top, can you imagine if Joseph's like, hey, dad loves you more and one day you're gonna bow down to me. The brothers are like, bro, you're, the, you're literally the worst. Like, we don't like you. And so they, like, they don't like him so much, they hatch a plan. And they say, here's what we're gonna do to Joseph. We're gonna kill him. And they say, okay, too far, too far. Let's take it back a little bit. Let's fake his death and then throw him in a well. That's the plan. And so they do that. And then as he's in the well, out from the distance, they see um, a caravan of slave traders. They say, hey, let's really get him. Let's, tr- let's sell him into the slave trade. Can we pause for a second? Some of us in here, the only suffering that we think happens in our lives is physical pain. And let me just tell you right now, if you're someone who deals with chronic pain in your life, that's a real suffering that you have to deal with, that you have to walk with, and you need to know how to own that suffering so it doesn't own you. But I'm gonna guess a lot of us in this room, a lot like Joseph, our pain, our suffering is in our family. We have a relationship in our family. Maybe it's a sibling where you just wanna get along with them and you just can't. Maybe you're a parent and you see the road that your kid is going on and you're just trying to help and you're just trying to offer some advice and say, hey, I love you. I think maybe you could go this way. Maybe you could say this instead. And the response you just keep getting back is, I hate you. Maybe you're someone in here where you have an empty parental role in your life. And you think, man, how did this happen to me? How could they walk away from me? Look at all the things that are wrong in my life because you, a parent, walked out on me. And maybe you don't have a chance to make up with them because now they're gone. And you're thinking, man, I am suffering in my family. Can I just say this? Joseph dealt with it. And we have to own that suffering so it doesn't own us. His story goes on, um, and he gets sold into a house. Um, this man named Potiphar is the captain of the palace guard. And he, he, he gets to work in this house. And eventually, actually, things go pretty well. And he, he ends up as the, the head of the household. He has a bunch of people working for him. But there's one problem. Um, scripturally, it says that Potiphar's wife has the hots for Joseph. That's the scripture talking, all right? Not me. Has the hots for Joseph. And she keeps going up to him. And she's like, Joseph, do you want to go? Wah, wah. All right, do you want to go like, like but take care of business? And he says, No. I'm not going to do that. And she keeps coming after him, coming after him. And there's one time where she comes up to him and she says, Joseph, right now, me, you, bedroom. And he says, no, I'm not going to do it. And she full on lunges at him and grabs his cloak. And he runs out of his cloak and runs off into the night wearing something, I hope, right? He's like running out there. And there's a huge commotion and people run in. They say, all right, Potiphar wives, what, what, what's going on? What happened? And she says, Joseph tried to rape me. Pause. If you're suffering, like Joseph, because of something at your work, 
have a boss, you have a, a coworker, you have something going on. Maybe you thought you'd be further in the company. Maybe you thought that life would be different. Maybe you thought we'd make more money and you're suffering because of it. If you're suffering in here um, because someone else's actions or words um, affected you, someone lied about you, someone gossiped about you, they started a rumor about you, and now you're kind of caught in the middle picking up the pieces, or maybe the hardest one is this, if you're, if you're suffering because you did exactly what you're supposed to do, you obeyed God faithfully, and now it feels like life is worse. You have to address that. You have to own that suffering so it doesn't own you. Joseph's story goes on. One more time for our purposes. And he gets put in jail for what he did. Didn't do, but what they said, he did. He goes to jail, and in jail, he meets these two friends. And one, they both have these dreams um, he has to interpret. And one of them has really bad news in his dream, and one of them has really good news in his dream. And the guy with the good news says, Joseph, dude, you saved me. This is awesome. When I get out of here in just a few days, I'm going to tell Pharaoh about you. It is going to be awesome. Pack your bags. You are getting out of jail. And then as soon as the guy gets out of jail, he forgets about Joseph. And Joseph is stuck in prison for two more years. And if you're suffering in here because it feels like time is not on your side, if you're suffering in here because it feels like a friend has forgotten or a friend has broken you, if you're suffering in here because the world is just an unfair place and you don't know what to do, we have to address it. We have to understand it. We have to own it so it doesn't own us. And if we wanted to, we could go on a little further and we could look at Joseph's story and we could see the end of the 11 chapters and we could see how Joseph's life actually turns out really good. He kind of has like his fairy tale happy ending and a big union, a reunion and he like has a bunch of power. Um, but I don't want to do that. And here's why. Because some of us on earth, let's just talk about this really frankly between us friends. Some of us on earth, we're not going to have a fairy tale happy ending. Like some of us aren't going to have that great, crazy, awesome reunion that Joseph had. Some of us are going to go um, to heaven and we're still going to be having suffering on the day that we die. And that doesn't make God any less good. It doesn't make God any less powerful. But it does make owning our suffering in the middle of it all the more important. And the power of Joseph's story um, isn't that his suffering ended. The power of Joseph's story is how he suffered well in it. And to, owning, to own our suffering, um, we have to take some steps, but the first step is something that God does that we have to acknowledge. Check this out. There's two verses in Genesis 39. I think it's super important that we see. The first one is verses 1 and 2. It says this, when Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. And Potiphar was the captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Now don't miss this. These next few words, do not miss these words. The Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Skip down 19 verses with me to verse 20. It says, Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. This is huge, church. Do not miss this. Do not miss what God is trying to tell us right here, okay? Joseph's faith in God didn't waver. Joseph's faith in God didn't waver when there was suffering in his life because he knew something. He acknowledged something. The presence of suffering in his life did not equal the absence of God. 
The presence of suffering in his life did not equal the absence of God. Genesis 39 verses one and two, do you know what's happening? He has just been sold into slavery. He has just been sold into slavery. He has just been sold now into a foreign country with someone he does not know. His family has essentially kicked him out of their lives. He is suffering and yet God is with him. 20 and 21, he's just been lied about. He's now put into prison. He's in jail. He's gonna be in there for the next two years. And yet God was with him. The presence of suffering did not equal the absence of God. And Joseph, he believed that God was with him, even in moments where it had been really easy to feel like he wasn't. Joseph believed that God was with him even when it felt like he wasn't. Do we? Do we believe God is with us in the moments where we're truly suffering? We sing about it. Waymaker, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. We, 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 we sing our hearts out about it. We say, man, God is moving. God is doing something awesome. Do we believe it? Because here's, here's what I know. When we know that the Lord of the universe is with us, even in our suffering, our darkest moments, I think it changes everything, y'all. Because a truth that we need to understand, um, and I think if you're a Christian or you're a non-Christian, this is true for you. Um, suffering alone is really horrible. Um, and when you have someone with you, it makes it a little better. Perfect example, when I was in high school, um, I broke up with my then high school girlfriend. And I remember I was driving home and I was just crying my eyes out. And I turned on a, a breakup song. It's by Jason Derulo. It's called, What You Say? And I was just like in the car, just like, mm, what you say? I was just crying, right? It was very sad. And I get home and I pull into the garage and I like walk up the stairs. My family's like, hey, Jacob, how are you? And like, clearly I'm crying. And I'm like, everything is great. Like, everything is really good. And I just run into my room and I lay on my bed. And there I am in my room alone on my bed, staring at my Reggie Miller poster, just like, Reggie, what is happening right now? It was horrible. I felt like I was the only person in the world. And I'm just in there crying and suffering. And all of a sudden, I hear the door open behind me. And I hear someone walk up to my bed and my mom just gets on the bed with me. And I'm just crying my eyes out and she just holds me. She doesn't, she doesn't say a thing. She doesn't try to make sense of it. She doesn't say it's okay or she doesn't say like good job or anything like that. She just holds me and I cried. And just so we're all aware, that's not like cool, all right? It wasn't like the next day at Floyd Central, I was like, Jacob, what'd you do last night? Dude, my mom held me while I cried. Like, it was awesome. And my friends were like, dude, you too. Like, that didn't happen. I did that just, that doesn't happen. But in that moment, there was nothing, nothing better because I was suffering, but I wasn't alone. And I love my mom and Jane Bales is a great woman, but can I just say this? It's one thing when your mom is with you and you're suffering, it is another thing when you believe that the king and the creator of the universe is with you in your darkest, toughest moments. When you are suffering, when you feel like you're being crushed and pressed and you have no way out and there is a burden, when you feel like Jesus is with you, when you believe it, even when it feels like no one else is, it changes everything. And you start to view life differently. 
How you view life is completely different. And here's what we need to know. And here's where we're gonna go with the whole, the whole rest of the evening or afternoon. It says this, owning your suffering is believing that God is with you even when it feels like he isn't. And when you do that, man, life starts to change. In moments of suffering, instead of using it as a reason to run from God, which it's so easy to do, when something bad happens in our life, it's so easy to say, you know what, God, I'm done. You let this happen, you let this happen. I can't, I'm done with you. When we believe that God is with us, even in those moments, instead of running from God, we view it as a reason to draw closer to him. And when a bad thing comes, we say, Man, God, I, I, I don't know why, but I'm gonna get closer to you. When we believe that he is with us, even when it feels like he isn't, um, suffering because, becomes a moment not to question why God would do this to me, we start to question, God, what are you gonna do through this moment? When we believe that God is with us, even in the moments when it feels like he might not be, our life changes and we see an opportunity for redemption. And maybe we won't see the redemption in a month. Maybe when, a, when suffering happens, we won't see it the next day. It's like, oh God, I now understand why you did that. Maybe we won't see it for 40 years. Maybe we won't even see it, but someone else in our lives will. Do you believe that he's with you? Do you believe that he has the power to redeem for good? Do you believe that he is still God and he will provide in the suffering? And we see this, um, the best example maybe, in Luke 22. There's a very famous part of the Bible where Jesus is actually going to pray by himself. And he's going, to, he's going to pray, and it's actually the night he's gonna get arrested. And if you don't know how the story goes, he gets arrested, and then he gets lied about, then he gets whipped, he gets smacked in the face, he gets humiliated, he gets nailed to a cross, he gets stabbed in the side, he gets murdered. And this is the night before. And he says this prayer by himself. Check it out, Luke 22, verses 41 and 42. It says he walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. See, Jesus was completely God, but completely human. So he wanted to avoid suffering, but I think he understood that he has to own his suffering. So he keeps going, he says this, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Jesus owned his suffering. And I think what that verse is saying is he did it by believing that the father, his father, our father was with him. Even in the coming days, there was gonna be moments when it felt like he wasn't. Do you believe, will you believe that Jesus is with you even in the moments it feels like he isn't? Because when you do, you start to own your suffering and I think your life starts to change. We're gonna end service um, a little differently um, and I'm just gonna read Psalm 13 and there's gonna be I'm a time of just reflection. And here's what I'm gonna ask for you to do. I'm gonna ask that during this time of reflection that this isn't just some Bible verse that we read as theoretical. That we're like, oh, that's really beautiful that they would write that, really cool. But I want you to read this as reality. That maybe you're suffering right now. Maybe you just got out of a time of suffering and now you're starting to see the goodness of redemption and you're praising. Maybe you don't even know, but 
tomorrow suffering is coming. Maybe you have a friend that you are in pain for because they are suffering, whatever it is. I want you to read these words, listen to these words and view them as reality and have a moment to truly reflect, be honest with God and start to own our suffering. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord, my God, give light to my eyes while I sleep in death. My enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. Owning your suffering is believing God is with you even when it feels like he isn't. Take some time to reflect on that psalm now.